Good evening. Our Lord says, without me, you can do nothing. And so it is this evening. May the Lord be pleased to bless the preaching of his word to both comfort and save his people. This evening we'll be looking at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verses 14 to 22. Now we'll read the chapter in its entirety, but we'll just be looking at those verses, verses 14 to 22. And I both, well, I believe the Lord will bless always. He'll always bless the public reading of his word to the hearts of his people. Colossians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and to Matthias, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love of which ye have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you, as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit. As it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. What a blessing to be declared that in God's word. Who also declared unto us your love in the spirit. Verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things, that in all things the Lord Jesus Christ might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto, unto himself, 
by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which is preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among you, the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may be present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Amen. I'd just like to point out just one thing before we look at our portion. It says here, beloved, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ living for you is not our sure hope of glory, beloved. Christ dying for you is not the sure hope of glory. Christ being raised for you is not the sure hope of glory, but Christ in you. This is the sure hope of our glory, beloved. Hope. Sure hope. Because Christ is in you by the new birth. Christ in you, the word declares, is the hope of glory. So that believer, the sinner who believes on Christ, born of God, given faith in Christ, has faith in Christ, the evidence that Christ is his righteousness from eternity. Christ fulfilled all the righteousness of the law on his behalf, on behalf of all his beloved people. That faith given by Christ in you, beloved, that's the hope of our glory. Now, as we look at our portion this evening, I pray the Holy Ghost will enable us to view the blessed person and finished saving work of our Lord Jesus Christ once again, examining three things that may be viewed here in this portion of Colossians chapter 1. First, redemption by substitution. Beloved of God, you who believe on Christ, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Second, regeneration by the Spirit. Beloved of God, you who believe on Christ, through the revelation of his Spirit, it is made known to us that indeed we have redemption through his blood. And in the, in the context of God's word, it demands that I declare that that redemption is for the forgiveness of all our sins. 
And third, and lastly, reconciliation accomplished by the Son of God. Beloved, in the body of his flesh through death, in the body of the flesh of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through his death, he presents you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. This is a declaration of the reconciliation accomplished at the cross of Christ. I pray in examining our portion under these three headings, redemption by the substitution, regeneration by the Spirit, and reconciliation accomplished by the Son, God's people will be granted much peace through the blood of his cross. The Lord enabling, I pray to preach comfort to God's people. I pray, believing sinner, that the Lord will comfort you in the gospel of your salvation. First, redemption by substitution. Beloved, we have been redeemed by a ransom. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, we read, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. God's only holy book says we have redemption through his blood. It does not say one day when we get our act together, we will have redemption through his blood. What does it say, beloved? God's word says of his beloved people that we have redemption through his blood. To you who are believing on the Son of God as your substitute, as your only acceptance before him, to you who are resting and trusting in Christ, in his righteousness, in his uprightness and faithfulness before God, I declare this to you. You are redeemed through his precious blood. In fact, we are purchased with his precious blood. We are his purchased possession under the praise of his glory. Our Lord Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, a life that was completely in order before our Heavenly Father, a perfect and sinless life, and through the shedding of his life-giving, sin-atoning blood, through the merit of his life and the merit of his death, his people are actually and really redeemed. Our Heavenly Father declares of our Lord Jesus Christ, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Did you hear that? Our Heavenly Father said that he is well pleased in him, in Christ. Not in you, chosen of God, but rather in his beloved Son, Christ Jesus the Lord. He is not only pleased with his Son, our Heavenly Father tells us that he is pleased in him. Sinner, before God, you and I, our disappointment. We all fall short of the glory of God. But beloved of God in Christ, by his undeserved grace, we are found in him, accepted, a delight before our Heavenly Father. Beloved, the work that God is well pleased in is not found in you. The work that God is well pleased in is found in Christ. And our Father commands us, hear ye him believe on the one God sent his beloved son this is what pleases the father 
believing on his son. Do this, and you will do the will of the Father. Our Lord declared, He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, he shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Do you remember what our Lord instructed that restless multitude to do, that they might work the works of God? Turn with me there to John's Gospel, chapter 6. We'll begin reading there in verse 25. And I pray the Lord will give you ears to hear this. This is the life-giving answer of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 25. And when they had found him, when they had found the Lord Jesus Christ on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do? that we might work the works of God. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. <coughs> to you who are believing on Christ, I declare this to you. You are right now at this very moment in this world, perfect and without sin, found in Christ, the beloved Son of God, you are a delightful son and daughter by the doing and dying of Christ. Beloved, that is what Christ has accomplished for us, a perfect standing before our Heavenly Father. For in Christ, our Heavenly Father has taken away his reason for wrath. He has taken away our sins and made them his own. How did Christ become sin for us? How is it that he was made sin who never sinned at all? He never had a bad thought. He never did anything wrong. But this is the gospel. He was made sin for us. He had our sin imputed to him so that he stood before God's holy law totally responsible for all our sin. And as our substitute satisfied the wrath and justice of God for all our sin. And that, that's not all, beloved. Through Christ, our Heavenly Father has made us the very righteousness of Christ in Him. Our standing, our acceptance with our Heavenly Father and before our Heavenly Father is in Christ and entirely in Christ alone. Beloved, believing sinner, we are accepted in the beloved Son of God. Our Heavenly Father accepts us in Christ and only for Christ's sake, upon the basis of His obedience, both the merit of His life and the merit of His obedient and voluntary death as our substitute. Our Heavenly Father hath made him to be sin for us 
who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Our righteousness before God is not something that we grow in. Christ is our righteousness. Our holiness before God is not something that we grow in. Christ is our holiness. Though we do grow, beloved. We grow in the love. We grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But as pertaining to our perfect standing, our holy standing before our Heavenly Father, that is by our being put in Christ by our Heavenly Father, well, you can't get more perfect than that. And you are either perfect in Christ or you are not. You are either blessed of God or cursed of God. And let me be clear. If you remain outside of Christ, if you or I should depart from this world outside of Christ, we will be cursed forever in hell. Our Lord declares the good news, beloved. Beloved of God in Christ, hear what he saith to you. Believing sinner, you who believe on Christ, Christ, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, hear what he saith to the believing sinner. Our Lord declares, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Right now. <laughs> our Lord said in another place, speaking of himself, He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, and I'll begin reading there in, in verse 10. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. And hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we know and believe the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. And herein is our love made perfect. O God, give you grace to believe the gospel in this verse. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Boldness in the moment that you die. In that very moment, will you end your time in this world and go to the next. Boldness before God. How is that possible? Because as he is... As the Lord Jesus Christ is, so are we in this world. 
Is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ without sin? And so are we, beloved. Is he wholly and completely accepted of his heavenly Father? And so are we. In Christ, we are accepted of our heavenly Father. God's only holy book says, we have redemption through his blood. Beloved, we have redemption through the precious shed blood of the Son of God. What does that mean? The last part of verse 14 has the answer for us in Colossians chapter 1. It says very plainly, a child could understand it. God give you grace to believe it. We have the forgiveness of sins. Our sovereign redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, gave his life as a ransom by the shedding of his precious blood to save a ruined sinner like you and a ruined sinner like me. Beloved, we have right now the forgiveness of sins through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing sinner, all your sins are forgiven. Past sins, present sins, and yes, future sins. Now turn with me to First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. Oh, may the Lord be pleased to make you both to know and cause you to grow in his grace. May God make you to know that you, believing sinner, have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We'll look at our next heading. Second, regeneration by the Spirit. Now, before you and I can be given a revelation of this redemption by the precious blood of Christ, we must be quickened, regenerated to receive the things that are the Spirit of God. Let's keep reading in first in Colossians chapter one, verse fifteen there. Colossians chapter one, verse fifteen. Speaking of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him, by the Lord Jesus Christ, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Now before you or I can savingly believe on Christ, that you have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, and that he has, in fact, 
accomplished your salvation, you must be made to know who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Well, who is the Lord Jesus Christ? In verses 15 to 19, Paul is declaring the same gospel that God moved our brother, the Apostle John, to write. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 1. And look there in verse 3. Writing of our Lord Jesus Christ, John would have us to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is the creator of all things. John testifies in verse 3, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. I remember when I first heard that. It's just as remarkable to me now as it was then, when by God's Spirit I was made to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is the creator of all things. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. You know, it's it's true what the Word of God says. Until God quickens us, we're dead in trespasses and in sins. I remember hearing this blessed verse in Handel's Messiah, not hearing the gospel. Verse 6, Isaiah chapter 9. We read these words. Unto us a child is born. Speaking of the humanity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The body was prepared in the womb of the virgin. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, as the eternal Son of God, who has no beginning nor end, the Alpha and the Omega, he was given. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And it continues, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. He is a sovereign Savior. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, hold on a second, preacher. You just said a son is going to be given, a child is going to be born, and you just said he's going to be called the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. If God the Holy Spirit does not reveal to you that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Father manifest in the flesh, you'll have no peace and he'll be no Prince of Peace to you. I remember I once had the opportunity to declare this passage to a Jehovah false witness. I said to him, if you are my brother in Christ, you will be able to declare the name of my Lord. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I wasn't surprised that he rejected out of hand that our Lord Jesus Christ is the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. But I know you can say with Thomas, beloved, of our Lord, that he is in fact our Lord and our God. Our Lord Jesus Christ is God, Jehovah, manifest in the flesh. 
the Lord Jehovah declares, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions, and I will not remember thy sins. Our Lord Jesus Christ declares to his people, Thy sins be forgiven thee. The Lord Jehovah declares, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Our Lord Jesus says and declares to you, beloved, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Our Lord says to us tonight, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Do you remember what he said to Philip? Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 14. John's Gospel, chapter 14. I'll begin reading there in verse 9. Pardon me, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you know someone who has died a Buddhist, they have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're not in heaven right now, they're in hell. Our Lord does not say, I am a way, or a truth, or a life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to know what truth is, you'll not find it in a theological position or some denominational distinctive. The only place you're going to find truth is in a person, and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. What comforting words to Philip. <laughs> Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me has seen the Father. Turn over with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 2. Look there in verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoned in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed 
and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he rose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Had these unbelieving Jews been quickened, regenerated by God's Holy Spirit, they would have been able to both see and hear the voice of our Lord and God. Jesus Christ is indeed our Lord, our God, our Redeemer. And beloved, we have nothing to boast of. These things that we know, we know by God's Spirit. Is there someone here who thinks otherwise? Who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hast not received it? Beloved, by God's regenerating spirit, we know, <laughs> we know that the Lord Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, well-pleasing to our Heavenly Father on behalf of all his beloved people, called according to his purpose. We know that the Lord Jesus Christ gave his perfect life as a ransom for his people and actually and really redeemed them to God by his blood. We know, we just don't believe it, but it has been undeservedly been made known to us by the gift and grace of God to believe on Christ. Our Lord Jesus has accomplished our salvation, the salvation of all his people. Friend, he did not give his life a ransom to make salvation possible. He did not give his life a ransom to make everyone savable. Rather, he gave his life a ransom to accomplish the salvation of all his precious sheep. All men and women without distinction, rich people, poor people, Jews and Gentiles, God give you grace to get that blasphemy out of your head that Jesus Christ gave his life a ransom for everyone without exception. The Lord Jesus Christ declared, I am the good shepherd, your only hope, beloved, my only hope. Your only hope, friend, is to hear the Lord Jesus Christ right now as I declare his words. <laughs> I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Now, I want to know if that includes me, don't you? I want to know if I'm his sheep. I want to know if he lived his perfect life for me, making me to be his perfect righteousness. I want to know if he gave his perfect life for me as a ransom for the forgiveness of all my sins. Not just some of them. You know, I don't have any gospel if he saved me from 99.9% .9 of my sins. If he only saved me from 99.9% .9 of my sins, I would be justly sent to hell. I'd go to hell if that was the gospel, but it's not, beloved. <laughs> Praise the Lord. His precious word declares, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. <laughs> now, I want to know that he's my substitute, don't you? How can you and I know this? 
Beloved, we know this by revelation. Revelation by His Spirit. Look there with me in John's Gospel, chapter 16. And beginning at verse 8. Our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, is declaring the work of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And he declares here in verse 8, When he has come, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Now, beginning there at verse 8, our Lord very blessedly and with utter clarity teaches his people what the Holy Spirit will reveal to sinners in this fallen world, sinners that he has purposed to save. Now, our Lord mentions three things and condescends to explain to his disciples and to us tonight this vitally important lesson, that of what his spirit reveals to his people. Our Lord declares, of sin because they believe not on me. In one moment, in one quickening, regenerating moment, (laughs) a sinner goes from not believing on Christ to the very next moment by God's quickening regenerating power to believe on him what a blessing to hear and believe our lord and savior jesus christ it's a great comfort to me and i know it is to you beloved to hear him say he that believeth on me hath everlasting life further our lord declares of righteousness because i go to my father in one quickening moment, one regenerating moment, a sinner finds himself trusting in the filthy, ruined, ragged of his own righteousness. Then in the very next moment, after years of trusting in that filthy rag, (laughs) by God's quickening spirit, that believing sinner, quickened by God's Holy Spirit, trusts in the righteousness of Christ alone to save him. And lastly, our Lord declares and concludes of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. A sinner goes from thinking of God as being unjust to seeing that he is both the just and the justifier of him which believeth on Christ. If the Holy Spirit has not revealed these things to you, you are not born of his spirit. May God be pleased to teach us all gathered here this evening by His Spirit. Our Lord declares, ye must be born again. Must. What a pressing word. Time is short. It's but a vapor. It appears for the little while, and then it just, puff, it's gone. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? When we hear our Lord declare, ye must be born again, it is not a recommendation. This is not advice. This is an imperative. This is vital. This is necessary. 
ye must be born again. Otherwise, you will perish in your sins. You will die under the wrath of God, and hell will be your portion forever. Oh, God, give you grace even now. Now, this being born again by God's Spirit, this salvation is God's work. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. I'll begin reading there in verse 9. Speaking of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it declares here in verse 9, For in Him, in the Lord Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in Him. Beloved, you are complete in Christ, which is the head of all principality and power in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. This is not man's work, this is God's work. And the putting off of the body of the sins by the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Beloved, if ye be born of God and not of the flesh, if I be born of God and not of the flesh, your testimony testimony will be this. Christ is all. (laughs) He is the author of and finisher of our salvation. He is the Alpha and the Omega of all our hope. Now look there with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 
We'll look lastly at reconciliation accomplished by the Son. By God's undeserved grace, God's people not only have seen and know that we are redeemed by substitution, regenerated by the Spirit, and now may we all see by God's undeserved grace that all His beloved people are reconciled by the Son of God, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Now let's pick up in our text in verse 19. We'll we'll reread that verse. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in Him, in the Lord Jesus Christ, should all fullness dwell, having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath He reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. We have before us a great mystery, beloved. I don't dare explain it, but blessed be the Lord, I believe it (laughs) and declare it to you again tonight. Here we read this glorious Christ-honoring, Christ-exalting declaration from God's only holy book. It pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of His cross by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. And much more, beloved, look there again in verse 22. In the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. In Christ, we find ourselves by His doing and dying made holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in His sight. What does it mean? Exactly what it says, beloved. (laughs) Does that not cover your weary heart? Our Lord has received His Father all power in heaven and in earth. All the fullness of God dwells bodily in this man, the God-man, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Friend, do you know why the Lord Jesus Christ has all power? Do you know why that is? Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 17. Our Lord declared in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verse 18, that He has all power in heaven and in earth. Now, friend, if He has all power in heaven and in earth, how much power do you have? <laughs> None. All our hope is found in the Son of God and His power alone to save us. John's Gospel, chapter 17, verse 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up His eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify Thy Son that Thy Son may also glorify Thee. As Thou hast given Him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this eternal life, and this is eternal life, this is verse 3, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom, whom thou hast sent. 
Our Lord tells us in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, all power is given unto him in heaven and in earth. This is why you can be sure that he has and he shall reconcile all his people unto himself. Now, in consideration that he is the head of the body, the church, what does reconcile all things unto himself mean? Beloved, he is speaking of you and he is speaking of me. He is speaking to you who believe on Christ, his church. Well, what does it mean, this reconciling all things unto himself? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. Speaking of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we read in verse 14, For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Beloved, by the one offering of himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, by the merit of his obedience, by the merit of his obedient life, and the merit of his obedient and voluntary death as our substitute, he hath by himself perfected forever them that are sanctified. God's people are set apart in eternal election from before the foundation of the world. What a glorious, Christ-honoring truth. Our salvation is altogether in Christ and by Christ the God-man, our mediator. Beloved, our acceptance with God in Christ is an eternal, immutable, unchangeable acceptance, never to be taken away. Why is that? Turn with me to Romans chapter 11. Look there in verse 29. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. They're irrevocable. Our salvation is not conditioned upon our feelings. It doesn't depend upon our works, whether they be good or bad. It doesn't depend on them in the slightest. For our acceptance, beloved, your acceptance, believing sinner, my acceptance with Christ is from eternity. It cannot be in any way changed by anything in time. God give you grace to understand this and receive this, that our Lord Jesus Christ has made peace through the blood of his cross for all his beloved people. And we looked at three things in our portion of Colossians this evening. First, God's people are redeemed by substitution. Beloved of God, you who believe on Christ, through his blood, his precious blood, we have the satisfaction of justice by his substitutionary redemption and imputed righteousness through God's free grace toward us in Christ, his beloved son. God's only holy word says we have right now in this world through the blood of his son, the forgiveness of sins. Beloved, by the substitutionary death of the Lord Jesus Christ, God has forgiven you all trespasses. God's people are regenerated by the Spirit of God. God's only word declares, in all things, He, 
Christ Jesus the Lord might have the preeminence. If you have been given a revelation by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth, you have been quickened, regenerated, and have been reproved, convinced of three things, sin, righteousness, and judgment. Of righteousness because you have been made to know you have absolutely none but Christ alone. And of judgment because God hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by Christ. And what a blessed thing God's judgment is for God's people in that day. That's pretty remarkable that I would say that. (laughs) Well, how is it that it can be a blessed thing, the judgment of God? Knowing, beloved, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. By God's undeserved grace, he hath made our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. If you have been taught of God, you will know that none of the Lord's people are lost. By that I mean, God purposed that all his people shall be saved. And that is exactly what his beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ, has and shall accomplish. None of his people are lost. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. I heard a a clerk at Macy's this week remark, everything works out in the end. Well, that's not true for everyone. That's only true of God's beloved people. And you look back there in our text in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 19. Beloved, it pleased the Father that in Christ should all the fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Verse 22, once again, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. That sounds a lot like Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I love that word we know. God's word doesn't say we'd like to think so. It doesn't even say we believe. But blessed be God, we know. God's people know something. Well, what do they know? God's people have been made of, to know of his unfailing purpose in Christ that all those who are called according to his purpose will and shall be saved. Beloved, God's only book declares, he shall save his people from their sins. Reconciliation through the accomplishment of God's Son. This is what God's people are made to know. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ shall save his people from their sins. What comfort there is in the gospel of Christ. God's word does not declare he shall try to save his people from their sins, but he shall save his people from their sins. Beloved, we have redemption through his blood, 
the forgiveness of sins. And in the context of God's word, I'll say it again, it demands that I declare, beloved of God, you have by his precious blood the forgiveness of all your sins. Beloved, we have reconciliation through the blood, the body of his flesh through death, a reconciliation that presents a believing sinner like you and a believing sinner like me, holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. What a gospel, beloved. Our God declares to you once again, beloved, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. What is that expected end? Salvation. Everything works out in the end for sinners who put their trust in Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Our Lord declares, and I'll conclude with this verse, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Amen. Brother James, if you could.